Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of the Periodical Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, along with the incredible Tavis Killian. Hello. And today we're going to discuss rising greenhouse gas emissions in China and why this signals to the world they're more concerned with economic recovery exiting the pandemic than global climate change. Per usual, our discussion today is going to cover the content in this week's periodical that I released this past Wednesday, May the 26th. So Tavis, take it away. The global ESG movement has made headline news in recent months with countries like the United States putting climate change at the center of their foreign policy. But climate change is a global fight, and according to research published by the Rhodium Group, one developed nation is dragging down the rest with their emission levels. Each year, Rhodium Group provides the most up-to-date global and country-level greenhouse gas emissions estimates through their in-house modeling tool, ClimateDeck. Utilizing global emissions data through 2019, Rhodium Group estimates that in 2019, for the first time since national greenhouse gas emissions have been measured, China's annual emissions exceeded those of all developed countries combined. China's emissions were less than a quarter of developed country emissions in 1990, but over the past three decades have more than tripled, reaching over 14 gigatons of CO2 equivalent in 2019. Based on newly updated estimates, global emissions from all six Kyoto gases, inclusive of land use, forest, and international bunkers, reached 52 gigatons of CO2 equivalent, an 11.4% increase over the past decade. The Kyoto basket for greenhouse gases consists of carbon dioxide, methane, nitrous oxide, sulfur hexafluoride, hydrofluorocarbons, and plurofluorocarbons. But there is one country whose emissions stand out from all the others, and that's China. In 2019, Chinese greenhouse gas emissions exceeded those of the U.S. and the developed world combined, constituting more than 27% of global emissions. The U.S., the world's second highest emitter, accounts for 11% of the global total, while India was responsible for 6.6%, edging out the 27 nations in the EU whose combined account for 6.4%. According to the Climate Action Tracker, an independent scientific analysis that tracks government climate action, China's NDC rating based on their national climate plan highlighting climate action is highly insufficient and are not at all consistent with holding warming to below 2 degrees Celsius. Although President Xi Jinping announced in September 2020 that China will strengthen its 2030 climate target to reach peak emissions before 2030 and aim to achieve carbon neutrality before 2060, their plan lacks the policies and directions to set China on a low-carbon trajectory. The main issue, one many countries are also battling, is economic recovery from the global pandemic. China's COVID-19 response contains elements of a green recovery showing an improved strategic deviation from the post-2008 financial crisis, but recovery activities remain carbon-intensive and require high energy demand from a system run primarily on fossil fuels. The Chinese government has issued broader stimulus packages with a focus on transitioning industry and the labor force towards a modernized digital economy rather than restarting traditional infrastructure and remains committed to accelerating renewable energy systems and electric vehicles. While these steps are all in line with the desired U.S. climate policy, it is not the direction China has been moving in recent years. So let's, let's talk about this. China has more than tripled their emissions since 1990, and they have now have more emissions. Well, this is 2019 data, the most up-to-date data that we have. Their singular emissions are more than the entire developed country combined. I mean, 20%, 27, excuse me, percent of net greenhouse gas emissions in 2019. I mean, the U.S., second highest, less than half that, 11%. India, just next, 6.6%. And then the 27 nations of the EU, 6.4%. I mean, 
that's just some staggering information right there. And I can only imagine it's grown a little bit, because 2019, very recent, but even since then, I mean, through the pandemic, we all saw China was building lots of refining capacity, lots of coal-fired capacity, so that's just exacerbating the problem at hand. So in 2019, China's greenhouse gas emissions passed the 14 gigaton threshold for the first time, which more than triples 1990 levels, is a 25% increase over the past decade, and resulted in China's share of the 2019 global emissions rising to a jaw-dropping 27%. In the last few years, there have been hopeful signs that China's CO2 emissions were flattening. However, CO2 emissions rose in both 2018 and 2019, and experts estimate that 2020 emissions will increase an additional 0.8% compared to 2019 levels, regardless of the expected reductions due to the pandemic. In an effort to bring global support to the fight against climate change, President Biden named John Kerry the administration's climate envoy. Despite diplomatic tensions between the two countries and a range of other issues, he traveled to China last month to meet with counterparts and discuss how to work together to combat climate change. In a joint statement, the two sides committed to working with each other and other countries on tackling climate change, including specific actions for emissions. The problem is, China remains committed to supporting the coal industry while the rest of the world experiences a decline and is now home to half of the world's coal-generated electricity capacity. That's significant. <laughs> Although China has vowed to reach net zero emissions by 2060 with an emissions peak no later than 2030, the country's coal activities remain a large concern due to their inconsistencies with the Paris Agreement. China's President Xi Jinping reiterated his pledge to the fight against climate change during President Joe Biden's virtual Earth Day summit, but Chinese officials have also emphasized that economic growth is still largely dependent on coal power and remains a priority. The country is currently running 1,058 coal plants, which is more than half of the world's capacity and is still increasing the construction of coal-fired power plants. China would need to phase out coal before 2040 under the 1.5 degrees Celsius Paris targets, but it appears to be going in the opposite direction. After lifting a previous construction ban on new coal plants in 2018, China has rolled back policies restricting new coal plant permitting in each of the last three years. By mid-2020, China had permitted more new coal plant capacity than in 2018 and 2019 combined, increased its total capacity in the pipeline to 250 gigawatts, and brought 10 gigawatts of new plants online. China is going against the global shift from coal by processing roughly half of the world's coal power capacity, as well as coal-fired power plants in development. Another industrial concern in China is the current ravenous demand for steel, which happens to be the nation's top energy-consuming industry. The iron and steel sector is far and away the largest industrial energy machine in China, accounting for 13% of the nation's total energy use in 2018. With coal clocking in at 57% of total energy supply in 2020, it is difficult to see how China can achieve peak emissions in 2030 without both enormous investments in clean power and dramatically curbing growth in the housing-related heavy industrial sectors that account for close to 40% of total energy demand. Luckily, success may be brewing with China's stimulus plan to bring their economy out of the pandemic era and shift towards a green economy. So I think what we really need to take away from this, Tavis, is that the world came together long ago and they decided that coal was disastrous for the climate, for the world, for the earth that we live on. 
And they came together and they said, we need to start phasing out of coal. We need to start phasing it out of our economies, out of our electricity generation mix. But China, on the other hand, is doing the opposite. They're building more and more and more. India is doing something very similar. So I think this is the thing that makes people most nervous, that they say, you know, yeah, China has committed to these, you know, reaching peak emissions by 2030 and then net zero by 2060. But how are you going to get there if you're adding more and more of these coal plants that are going to add more and more emissions? While China's share of global emissions and their growth over the past decade is certainly concerning, it must be taken with a grain of salt. The country is home to over 1.4 billion people, which means because of their massive size, the per capita emissions have remained considerably lower than those in the parts of the developed world. In 2019, China's per capita emissions reached 10.1 tons, nearly tripling over the past two decades, but comes just below average levels across all other developed countries at 10.5 tons per capita. It is also significantly lower than the United States, which has the highest per capita emissions in the world at 17.6 tons. Final global data for 2020 is not yet available, but analysts do predict China's per capita emissions will exceed the OECD average, since China's net emissions grew around 1.7%, while emissions from almost all other nations declined sharply in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. While China certainly exceeded all developed countries combined in terms of annual emissions, its history as a major emitter is relatively short compared to their other developed peers, many of which have had more than a century's head start. A large share of the CO2 emitted into the atmosphere each year hangs around for hundreds of years. As a result, current global warming is the result of emissions from both the recent and more distant past. Since 1750, members of the OECD bloc have emitted four times more CO2 on a cumulative basis than China. Granted, this figure is also misleading as it overstates the relative role of OECD emissions since a large share of annual CO2 emissions is absorbed in the Earth's carbon cycle in the decades following release. Still, China has a ways to go before surpassing the OECD on a cumulative contribution basis, and GHG emissions reductions must continue to be tackled on a unified global front for worldwide climate policy to succeed. So I think that it's also important that we bring this up because while it's definitely concerning the direction China's heading, while everyone's trying to drop their emissions, they're trying to drop their per capita emissions, their overall global emissions, their growth in emissions, and China seems to be going the opposite way, I do think that it is important to point out that on a per capita basis, because they have so many people, they're really not quite at that level that, say, the United States is at 17.6. So it is concerning that they're kind of trending in the wrong direction, but I do think it is important to point out that they're still, on a per capita basis, doing pretty well. President Biden is leading the charge in the pursuit of global climate policy with several goals to be reached in the next decade, the main one being a unified pursuit towards lowering global greenhouse gas emissions to fight the worst outcomes of climate change. One potential roadblock to the world meeting the commitments that have been made in the Paris Climate Agreement are future emissions from the world's largest GHG emitter, China. Between increased emissions levels, additional permits and construction of new coal electricity plants, and continued energy demand for the country's iron and steel industry, China will likely need to make adjustments to conform to its goal of peak emissions by 2030. Since coal combustion is the single biggest contributor to anthropogenic climate change, responsible for 46% of carbon dioxide emissions worldwide, and accounting for 72% of total greenhouse gas emissions from the electricity sector, it is reasonable that the developed world is concerned about the direction of China's emissions-heavy economy. 
Although, it is possible success may be brewing with China's stimulus plan to bring their economy out of the pandemic and shift towards a green economy, but even more changes to the country's infrastructure and industrial growth will be required to meet the goal of carbon neutrality by 2060. With greenhouse gas emissions currently higher than all other developed countries combined and continuing to grow, China appears to be focused on its own economic recovery over meeting global climate goals. But that is the end of this episode, and if it has sounded strange in the past couple of weeks, we apologize. Kevin is putting in work on the road in California, but he's coming home, so back to your regularly scheduled quality next week. But if you're looking for those oh-so-good-sounding podcasts of the past, you can go to rarepetro.com and find some old episodes that sound great. Just because the information is a couple months old doesn't mean that it's not useful. Kevin puts a lot of work into these, and you can find his other periodicals there, along with the podcasts that we also craft. Thanks for tuning in today, and until we see you next time, take care, everybody. Have a great week. 